last next steps. Uh, if you're new, you don't know what that is. That sounds very confusing. Um, our last next steps of the year is uh, coming up in uh, next week. Starting next week, it's the 6th and the 7th and the 14th. The next steps is basically the on-ramp to our church. Uh, you can get an idea, basically, of, of kind of the unique expression that Four Corners is and begin to just get a, a, a glimpse of that. We believe that uh, our church, that God has uh, ordained good works and a destiny for our church. He's done it, Ephesians 2.10. He's done it for you, too. But we are also just a part of what God's doing, a part of the body of Christ. And so there's a unique expression of our church. So if you're new uh, or if you've not, if you've been coming for a little bit and you've not come through Next Steps, I want to encourage you to do that. It's 45 minutes long, two Sundays in a row. It includes lunch and includes childcare if you need it, and that's next week. We also have November 13th, which is uh, two Saturdays away. Saturday week um, is our... Uh, Thanksgiving food distribution, all right? So we've done this. We, it's actually been a few weeks, uh, been a few months since we've done our uh, citywide food distribution. We'll be at a new space. It got changed on us this past month. So we've been at Toyota Field. We've been at, at Calhoun, uh, and we've given out uh, thousands, tens of thousands of pounds of food. We're giving away, uh, giving away 40,000 pounds of food. No big deal there, just 40,000 pounds. Um, on November 13th. We're going to be at Milton Frank Stadium. All right. Yes. Milton Frank. All right. Uh, I've, I've, I, um, if you're a uh, volunteer for that, you need to be there at 8 a.m. If you are coming to get food or if you're talking to somebody, there's somebody in, in your uh, life, family, neighborhood, somebody that you've met uh, around here downtown that needs food, the cars uh, will start delivering the food to the cars uh, at 9 a.m. And so those of you guys that have been a part, how many of y'all have been a part of our food distribution in the past? Yeah, most of us. So um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a powerful uh, morning. Uh, it's a humbling morning. Uh, at the same time, it, it is uh, a moment that we're able to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Uh, but those, those cars line up really, really early, some of them as early as 6 o'clock in the morning uh, while we get ready to, for us to deliver food. Uh, Faith Step Sunday is today. So if you were here um, uh, two weeks ago, if you, if you weren't here two weeks ago, we unveiled really our uh, building plan, our build-out plan for this space. So this is our long-term home. We're not, we're not going anywhere. This is home. We've settled in. God has placed us and set us here. And it's a... It's a um, it's an incredible, uh, it's been an incredible two years of our church and an incredible journey of getting here. Two, two weeks ago, we, uh, began, we began to unveil that and kind of say what that is, um, what that means. This, if you haven't, uh, if you weren't here two weeks ago, I encourage you to go get on the podcast and just listen to that message. We, we walk through what it looks like for our church to take a faith step. We look, walk through what it looks like for each of us individually to take a faith step. And so today is, uh, I'll dig into a little bit more of what uh, Faith Step Sunday looks like. Um, last week, Lindsay spoke. I was out of town. I was at a church Lindsay and I served at on staff for 13 years. And so they invited me, my pastor of 13 years invited me back down there because he uh, knew what we were doing and he wanted to take up an offering at their church for our church, for you, for us. 
And so um, I got a uh, call earlier this week. They took up an offering for our church. We, right now, our budget, um, I encourage you to go back and listen to the message, but our budget for this build-out is $350,000. We're going to turn this building, this 100-year-old warehouse, into and retrofit, basically, it to a, a church. We're going to turn it into a church. Now, you're the church already, but we need a church without curtains because our babies and our kids, they need some walls. They need to be able to worship, and we've got a lot of stuff planned in here that we're looking forward to doing. Um, we started out, we had, it was the, the budget was $350,000, and I said, okay, um, God, uh, yeah, God's in on this one. He's going to have to be, and uh, we started taking some faith steps. We've been taking faith steps a long time. We've been doing a lot of practicing on faith steps. Anybody with me on practicing faith steps? And um, I said, $350,000, that's a, that's a lot of money. And within almost no time, we had already had several donors before you guys ever found out about it. One uh, was given $50,000 to the project. Another one who decided to match dollar for dollar up to $150,000 for our church. And uh, through a couple other things, so two weeks ago, we were sitting at uh, our grand total that we need to raise was $135,000. So we started at $350,000. Well, now we're at $135,000. For some of you, you're like me. You're like, that might as well be $135 million. But God, but God's got a plan. And so um, we're, uh, we're raising those funds, and I'll, get, I'll dig into that a little bit. I wanted to tell you they, uh, our church back home took up an offering. They gave us $14,000 toward, uh, toward our project. So we felt the love. Um, I, I wanted Lindsay to be with me, but, I, but we also wanted her to be here um, and uh, love you guys and speak to you guys. And so she, uh, I basically lost my job uh, last Sunday and um, I went back and listened to it and I cut it off halfway through and I was like, I'm tired of listening to this. I don't want to listen to her preach no more. I do, that's not true at all. All right. Hey, let's dig in. Um, we are our, in our last message of our Tent to Table series. And uh, Tent to Table, it will be a, it'll be a foundational series for our church. We've gone through our values um, as a church, kind of what makes us us and where we feel like God has uniquely gifted our church. And so uh, unless you've been here for the past every week for the past, what, probably two months now, three months, um, we've been in this series, haven't we? That's a, yeah. In the past three months, uh, I would encourage you to go back and, and catch up on some of those because it, it'll be a foundational series for us. Um, this is the last one this morning. Some of you are like, okay, finally. I thought that was the name of the church, Tent to Table Church. Um, it, uh, the idea is that uh, we're moving from God's presence into his purpose. Jesus, uh, um, uh, the, ch the, the children of Israel, uh, the children of Abraham, were called at a unique calling by God. And they were uh, out when they first began, really began to learn who God was. They were in the wilderness. And they set up a tent and tore the tent down, and that was their church. Set up tent and tear the tent down. And they would travel a little bit further, and they would set up the tent or the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, and then they would tear it back down, and they'd move a little bit further along. But all throughout that journey, all throughout that process, God revealed to them who he was. More and more and more. He wasn't just a God of this area or just a God of this area or of this family, but God of all. And they began to learn not just who they were, but what his purpose was. And it just so happens our church kind of fits that season and that, that idea really, really well. 
And so that's where, we're, that's where we are this morning. We're wrapping it up in our final Tent to Table series message. Our scripture this morning, it's a longer scripture. All right, it's found in Ecclesiastes chapter 2. And, uh, but I want you to stick with me. Here's the, the author of Ecclesiastes is about to paint the most bummer picture. All right? This is not a good picture. All right? We are going somewhere. I'm going to show you the good picture. However, you need to know that this is not a good picture. This is what he says. Chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. So I said to myself, let's go for it. Let's go for it. Experiment with pleasure. Have a good time. But there was nothing to it, nothing but smoke. Everybody say smoke. I'm a smoke. What do I think of the fun-filled life? Insane, inane. My verdict on the pursuit of happiness? Who needs it? With the help of a bottle of wine and all the wisdom I could muster, I tried my level best to penetrate the absurdity of life. I wanted to get a handle on anything useful we mortals might do during the years we spend on this earth. Oh, I did great things. I built houses, planted vineyards, designed gardens and parks, and planted a variety of fruit trees in them. I made pools of water to irrigate the groves of trees. I bought slaves, male and female, who had children, giving me even more slaves. That I, then I acquired large herds and flocks, larger than any other before me in Jerusalem. I piled up silver and gold, loot from kings and kingdoms. I gathered a chorus of singers to entertain me with song and most exquisite of all pleasures, voluptuous maidens for my bed. Oh, how I prospered. I left all my predecessors in Jerusalem far behind. Left them behind in the dust. What's more, I kept a clear head through it all. Everything I wanted, I took. I never said no to myself. I gave in to every impulse, held nothing back. I sucked the marrow of pleasure out of every task. My reward to myself for a hard day's work. Treat yourself, right? Then I took a good look at everything I'd done. Looked at all the sweat and hard work. But when I looked, I saw nothing but smoke. Smoke and spitting in the wind. There was nothing to any of it. Nothing. Another translator puts it as meaninglessness. Meaningless. Meaningless. You ever felt like this? You ever, you ever felt close to that? Meaningless. Uh, I, I, I remember, um, can, can you remember something that was cool a long time ago for you, uh, but now you look back and it's maybe not so cool anymore? You, can you think of that? Maybe for some of y'all it was like two years ago, like you're in high school, <laughs> and you're like, no, it's not cool anymore. For some of y'all it's like, we're talking maybe it's two decades ago. I mean, it's, it's, it's a while, maybe more. You thought, it, you thought for sure it would last forever. I'm going to date myself a little bit. Some of y'all can, uh, can find yourself in this. Some of y'all would be like, man, you are so old. Some of you would be calling me a whippersnapper. I had, a, um, I had a, uh, a friend when I was younger. I remember arguing with him. He swore to me at this time in our lives that the greatest band of all time was Creed. <laughs> y'all remember Creed? What about the boy band era? You remember the boy band era? I, I was not a big boy band fan. I was boy band fan. I was not a big boy band fan. I do remember having this thought, though. I can't imagine there ever being a time when Backstreet Boys wouldn't be, like, on the top of the world. Like, they were so, like, they were, they were the pinnacle. Yeah, Backstreet Boys, 
in sync, uh, 98 degrees. One time I came down here, I heard an amen. One time I heard, I, I went down to Big Spring Jam back when that was a thing. There was a new boy band called C Note. You ever heard of C Note? They didn't make it very long. <laughs> Old C Note. What about styles? What about clothes? Y'all, any of y'all wore any clothes? You just thought, man. You thought in the moment, you, 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 you were at the store and you thought, if I buy this and I wear it and I own it, my life will be complete. I won't need another jacket. I won't need another pair of shoes. This is it. This is the cool. You ever thought that? I remember I thought that too. I was in seventh grade. And all I wanted was a pair of Jinko jeans. Y'all, y'all know what Jinko jeans are? They're just, they, they start out, it's like a funnel. They start out on your hips, and then they just go down. And you got two, like, they cut, you can't see your shoes, cut off at the bottom. Skate or die, guys. That's where I was at. I just thought I'd never need another pair of jeans. What if I wore those up here today? Y'all be like, I'm not coming here anymore. He does not hear from the Lord. What is, it, uh, what is it today that we would that we would assume will be here, but tomorrow it's going to be gone? What, what is it? Not, not just fads, not just buildings, or even ourselves. What about, like, what about governments? What about kings? What about kingdoms? Here's the author's question. Does anything last, or is it all just like chasing the wind? Is it, does, does anything last? What he's saying is, what is my life really made of? It's all smoke. He's in, a, he's, in a, he's in an existential crisis. Does that sound familiar? If this, is, uh, if this isn't where many of us are today, I don't know where we are. We're in a hopelessness pandemic. That's, that's, that's where we are. But many of us think, a lot of us, that we're the only ones. That this, that this hopelessness crisis is, it, well, it's only us. Because everybody else, at least a lot of people that we look around and see, seem to have it all together. I'm just telling you, we don't. Once we, once, once we begin to work through all our stuff, and once we get everything that we wanted, we finally get the degree, or we finally get the job, or we get the house, or we get that vacation, or we get the relationship, or the boyfriend, or the girlfriend, or the husband, or the wife, or the whatever, the fill in the blank. Finally, eventually, one day when we're older, We'll crawl into bed at night, and just before we slip off into sleep, our mind begins to wander, and we think, just before we go to sleep, just before we zonk out, we have this thought, is, is this it? I got the thing. I had the stuff. I, I, I did it. I'm there. Or is there more than this? I wonder if there's more to this, because right now, it just feels like chasing the wind. That's the journey that this author is on, 3,000 years ago, Solomon wrote this, and he had everything. He had more money and more stuff than we'll ever even see. A a, a king from the ancient Near East 3,000 years ago, somehow still, we can, we, it's the same picture. It's just a lot of the different, a lot of different details. No matter what we do, a lot of times it feels like Chasing the wind. The message says spitting in the wind. Spitting in the wind. Um, Jesus' parable, uh, Jesus tells a story. He tells a, a, a parable um, in Luke chapter 12. 
uh, fast forward, you know, a thousand years from King Solomon, and Jesus says this, actually in Matthew chapter 6, he has a response, and he says, don't keep hoarding for yourselves earthly treasures that can be stolen by thieves. Material wealth eventually rusts, decays, loses its value. Instead, stockpile heavenly treasures for yourselves that cannot be stolen and will never rust, decay, or lose their value. In another place, Jesus tells a, a, a parable. And so I'm going to read this through. It's kind of it's typical Jesus, all right? Somebody asked a question, and he answers the question. He sounds like he answers the question, but he totally doesn't. He says what he wants to say. He's like anybody that's being interviewed in the media. They're asking a question, and then what do they answer? They just talk about whatever they want to talk about. Like that's how that, that's how that works. That's the secret to media, in case you were wondering. If you were ever going to be interviewed for an article or for a news story, I'm just going to tell you that. If they were going to ask you, you just end up talking about whatever you want to talk about. Jesus, this is where Jesus is, all right? Luke chapter 12, he says this, beginning in verse 13. Someone out of the crowd said to him, teacher, order my brother to give me a fair share of the family inheritance. Basically, he's, he, he's got all the money and the brother wants it. The brother's like, give, I want my fair share. So Jesus replied, mister, <laughs> what makes you think it's any of my business to be a judge or mediator for you? Speaking to the people, he went on and says this. Take care. Protect yourself against the least bit of greed. Life is not defined by what you have, even when you have a lot. Then he told him this story. The farm of a certain rich man produced a terrific crop. He talked to himself, what can I do? My barn isn't big enough for this harvest. Then he said, here's what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and then I'll gather in all my grain and goods, and I'll say to myself, self, You've done well. Anybody in here talk to yourself? Oh, you talk to yourself. You know you do. He said, I'll say to myself, self, you've done well. You've got it made and can now retire. Take easy. Have the time of your life. Just then God showed up and he said, you fool. Tonight you're going to die. And your barn full of goods, who gets it? Who gets it all? That's what happens when you fill your barn with self and not with God. So here's this guy, asked Jesus to fix a legal problem for him and answer a simple question. Instead, Jesus puts his finger on the root, on the root longing of every soul in human history. That's what he does. He goes from, here's this simple, here's this simple question, and he just, he just flips it. I can see the guy in my mind. Can't you see him in your mind? He's like, that's not what I was asking. I wanted you to just get my money from my brother. That's all I wanted. It's the ultimate Jesus Duke, because that's who he is. He does it. My, my, kid, my, my kids, um, do this, I do this to my kids all the time. They'll ask me a question. In fact, one of my kids cut me off early uh, recently. They'll ask me a question, and I'll try to be the good, the good father, the good pastor father that I am, and I'll say, I know what you're asking. I know what your heart is really asking. And they're asking just something simple, like, can I have a snack? And I'm going to dig in, and I'm going to go all the way in, and I'm going to begin to. And the other day, my, my, one of my kids cut me off, and they're like, Dad, 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 I don't, I don't need all that. I just, can I just have the thing? And so, I, I mean, I, I'll even do it. But Jesus, I can see the guy in my mind. Jesus does it. The guy's asking a question. And the problem is that he doesn't, I don't know if he realized it or not. I don't know if he realized that Jesus didn't just answer his simple question. 
He, he, he didn't give an answer, the answer that the guy wanted. The guy wanted his fair share. Who knows? It probably was his fair share. His brother probably had his money. And, and the guy's going, but don't you care? He doesn't he? And Jesus goes, I care about something deeper. I care about something more. Let me answer the root. Let me get to the root. It's a, it's a, <laughs> never mind. I was going to say it's a Mr. Miyagi move. But he's, um, here's the deal. Jesus gives a picture. He gives two barns. Picture of two barns. You got two barns. You got one here, one in heaven, and they just don't store the same thing. One is stockpiled with self. One is stockpiled with God. One is temporary, and one passes away. One is eternal. And the unstated question Jesus infers after saying this, he says you got this temporary barn, and then you have an eternal barn. The unstated question essentially is this. What barn are you investing in? What, what, where, where are you investing? Where is your investment? Where does your time go? Where does your money go? Where does your influence go? Where does your energy go? Where do your passions go? Not everything in our life is eternal, but some things are. Not everything in life is eternal, but some things are. You are eternal. Your soul is eternal. You're, you, you, you are eternal, which means there's a lot of things that are important, but there are some things that are more important. So what, what, what things are eternal, and how do I, how do I store those up? Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, verse 4 says this, Love is patient, love is kind, it doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, it's not proud. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Verse 12 says this, For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, but then we will see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Now we don't know, we don't see the picture. Now it's, it's like a mirror, it's a, it's a mist, it's a fog. There is a day where, when we will see perfectly clear. It's not right now. You and I do not have 2020 spiritual vision. We do not have it. You and I don't have it. That's why so many of us spend so much of our time and we feel like every other day is this faith step. It's because it is. Every other day is a faith step. It is a walk by faith. You do walk into work and none of the stuff at work lines up with you and your faith and your soul and, and you come in on Sunday morning and you're like, here are these people and they love Jesus and they love me and you go to work and you're like, why don't these people love Jesus or love me? <laughs> it's because it's, the world is it's, it's broken. It's broken. And so uh, the, the, verse 13, and Paul says this, but now these three remain. We're not, we don't see everything clearly, but now these three remain. Faith, we talked about two weeks ago. Hope, we talked about last week. And love. But the greatest of these is love. There are two eternal realities. Two eternal realities. One is this. God's word is eternal. God's word is eternal. You can trust God's word. You can trust what he says. You can't trust what everybody else says. You can't even trust every day what you say. But you can trust what God says. First Peter says this. For all people are like grass and their glory like the flowers of the field. We're about to go into some pretty gorgeous scenery this fall. 
I, I know I'm getting, I'm, I'm, I'm getting old in my soul. I love it. I talked to somebody about it earlier today. I, love, I can't wait to see the leaves changing. I can't wait to see it all. It won't stay that way. It'll be like peak leaf season for like half an hour, and then it's over. Peter says, all people are like grass in all their glory, like the flowers of the field. It's, it, it's going to fade. The grass withers, the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. God's word endures forever. His promises are sure, and they endure forever. You can count on God's word. The second reality is this. God's love is eternal. God's word is eternal. God's love is eternal, and you can trust God's love. Paul's telling the Corinthians there's only a few things that are going to last forever. So if love is eternal, then it also is buildable. It can be accumulated. You can stockpile it. We can't see it clearly right now, but we will be able to see it clearly eventually. And that's why Jesus says to store up your treasures in heaven. You and I actually can stockpile treasures in heaven. We are very familiar with stockpiling investments right now. We, 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 we know whether we know that we don't have any <laughs> or we know that, man, we're doing really well. But we know one way or the other, right now we can stockpile treasures on earth. But Jesus said you can store it up in heaven. So you th think, like a, think like an investor. What if I told you in 20 years the most valuable thing, the most valuable commodity that you could possibly have is um, we could just pick something. We just fill in the blank. We just, so I said, socks. Yes, socks would work. So I said, coffee? Toilet paper. <laughs> Those are all good. Let's go with coffee. It's my favorite. Imagine, let's va literally nothing else matters but coffee. Now, nobody knows this. Only you know this. But coffee, there's nothing more valuable than coffee. It is your cars don't matter, your house doesn't matter, your bank account doesn't matter, it's coffee. Stock market doesn't matter. And so what do you, what do, you do? Every, everything is bartered with coffee, and in the end, really, coffee wins it all. You, you just, you're just trying to stockpile coffee beans, all right? That's, just think about it. So what do you do? You're going to go all in on coffee. Think about it. You're the only one that knows. Nobody else knows. You eventually sell everything you had and invest in coffee. You would, you would buy books and you would study it. You'd buy a, a coffee roaster and you'd start roasting your own coffee. You'd be like, I'm getting prepared for this thing. You'd buy a field and you would learn how to grow coffee in this weird weather. You would be like, I don't think you can do that. I think it only grows around the equator, which is true. And you would go, I'm going to make a greenhouse over my entire backyard. And so you would build an entire greenhouse in your backyard. People were like, what is he doing? He's so crazy. She's a lunatic. And you'd be like, ha-ha, you don't know. <laughs> the day is coming. It's going to matter. And then 20 years goes down the road. And uh, 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 20 years later, all of a sudden, make no mistake, for 20 years, you're going to look like an idiot. You are. It's going to look pretty bad. But eventually, in 20 years, when the world implodes and everybody looks and thinks, wow, look at him. Look at her. What I would do if I could go back and invest in coffee. That is exactly, make no mistake, that's exactly what would happen. Because everybody's stuff that they had would be worthless. Listen, 
The currency of heaven, which is eternal, is love. Love is the currency of heaven. How do you invest in love? Here you've got a 3,000-year-old story of a guy who said, I've done all of it. It's just meaningless. I've gotten to the end of it all. Like, I've had fun. Like, I've done everything. But at the end, my soul is still empty. And Jesus comes along, and somebody asks a question and says, hey, make this fair for me. And he goes, fine. I'm, 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 but let me tell you this first. And, and he tells the story. He says, don't stockpile on earth. Stockpile in heaven. And Paul comes along, and he says, here's the thing that's eternal. Here's the thing that lasts. Your faith lasts and matters in eternity, and you can build on it. Your hope lasts, and it matters. It matters in eternity, and you can build on it. And the love that you have for God and the love that you have for others is eternal, and it lasts, and you can build on it. It really is there. It really will exist. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what that looks like one day. One day we'll be with Jesus. We'll see him. And we will see the stockpile of whatever we've given of our lives to God's love and his love for others. We'll, look, we'll see it. We'll see it. It's a, it's, a, it's a sobering thought. So how do I invest in love? Um, 1 Corinthians 13, uh, again, verse 4, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. So if I'm going to invest in love how do I do it? First one is this, uh, love, love bears. Love bears. Uh, I, I bear burdens. Love bears burdens. Galatians 6, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? Love your neighbor as yourself. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, the four corners of your life, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love carries bears others' burdens. You, and you say, well, Joel, I've, you have no idea how many, how many of my own burdens I have. I, got, I, have, I have a plenty of my own. I, I don't have space to carry anybody else's. That's a, that's a real place where a lot of us are, where we think, I don't, I, don't have, I don't have space where I can help anybody else. I don't have space where I can care for anybody else. Until the day comes when you turn around and you begin to lift somebody else's burdens, even when you feel like your back is burdened, and somehow, miraculously, this is, this is, the, this is the, uh, God's law of love, how it works. As you lift another's, yours is lifted. If you, it's better to give than it is to receive. It's better to lift others' burdens because as you do that, you will feel it lifted yourself. The second one is this, love believes. Love believes. I, I believe the best. We, we live in a world that believes the worst. Believes the worst about everybody. We have a natural cultural habit bent toward believing the worst about everybody. And Scripture says here that love believes the best. Believes the best. The third one is this, love hopes. Love hopes. I hope for God's presence. Where can I go from your presence? Can I go to the tallest mountain? I go to the bottom of the sea. Everywhere I go, you're there. Your presence is there. Number four, love endures. So I, I endure it all. You, you've, you, do you remember, um, there was a toy years ago, uh, you, you could still get it, it's, a, it's, it's, usually a, it's usually pretty cheap the way you get it, sometimes you'd even get it like a, like a, a kid's meal or something, but the, uh, the secret decoder film, 
Have you ever seen those? So it's, it's sometimes they're in games, sometimes they're in puzzles, but you, you, have, to, you have to put the, the puzzle thing together, and if you're, looking at the, if you're looking at the puzzle or if you're looking at the game, it doesn't connect. It doesn't make a lot of sense. But, you're, but, but the, the, the key, the solution, if you have the secret decoder, it's usually a little red uh, film, little uh, like translucent film. And if you slide it over the puzzle or over the game, all of a sudden you can kind of see what's hidden underneath, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all remember those? It's the, it's the secret decoder. One day the secret decoder will be laid over our lives. My life, your life, there is a secret decoder film that will be laid over. And what we see, what we see will be whatever's left. And that film is God's law of love. And all the other stuff that we have, all the other stuff that we've done, it will be revealed for what it is. That's why our, our, our first value that we have here is to say Jesus is our message because Jesus is always in the center. And our second one is that love is our motive because earlier in that passage, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Paul works through a whole list of really awesome things that people have done. So what if I give everything that I have away to the poor? What if I offer myself to be burned at the stake? What if I've done these um, unbelievable, amazing things? What if I've done all these things? And Paul says, but if you've done all the things, but you don't have love, then you don't have anything. There's nothing there. So what is our motivation? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. You can't see motives. You, you, it's, it's hard to see motives. It's, 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 it's impossible. But one day, we'll stand before Jesus and there'll be a film that's laid over our lives. And, and we'll be able to see everything that's there. Everything that made sense. Everything that began to tie, uh, tie all the stuff together. So the question is, how are you and I investing in love? How are you and I doing that? And so this morning, I'm going to, uh, would you just do this? Would you just close your eyes with me? I, I want to. I want us all to, to focus. I want us to think through this question. Maybe you and I, maybe we need a heart change. Maybe, maybe there's something there where we say, I need, um, the truth is, is that there's an element of that big passage in Ecclesiastes of meaningless and smoke chasing the wind. There's a, there's a picture of that. There's a feeling of that in my own life where I just go, man, I've tried to do all this other stuff and I'm still left with this thought, what's, is, is that it? Is that it? I've, 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 I've chased it. I've searched. Maybe you're in here and you'd say, Joel, I'm, um, I'm storing up my barn, the barn you talked about, that Jesus talked about, I'm storing that up with myself not with God, but I want to make a change. Not, not just to do better, but a complete shift in my life's priorities. I, uh, but, but I need God to do it because I can't do it on my own. Joel, will you pray for me? If that's you and you just say, Joel, I'm, I'm storing up my barn with self. If I'm honest, nobody else is looking around. It's just me and God. But, but, but if that's you and you say, Joel, I'm honest, I've, 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 when I survey my life, I, I see a lot of investment in myself and I want it to be 
I want to, I want to, I want to turn that around. And I don't exactly know how to do it, but I, but I confess that's what I want to do. It's what I need to do, and I want God to help me to do it. If that's you, it's just a simple confession. I'm the only one that has my eyes open. Would you, would you, by the lifting of your hand, confess that to God this morning so that I can pray for you? Yeah, yeah, yes, 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 absolutely, yes. Maybe you're in here say, Joel, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeless right now. If we're in a hopelessness pandemic, I'm right in the middle of it. I'm thrown right in the middle of it. And I feel like the guy in Ecclesiastes, everything's meaningless. Will you just, will you just pray for me that I find my purpose in Christ, that I find my purpose in Him, that I, that I experience His presence and He shows me His purpose. If that's you, would you just lift your hand real high? Joel, will you pray for me? You can put it right back down. Yes. Yes. Father, we love you this morning. God, I'm so grateful for what you're doing in us. God, I'm, I'm so grateful for what you're doing in this church. I'm so grateful for what you're doing in each of the people that are in this room and each of those that are online with us. God, your word is eternal. It is always true. And it pierces pierces the darkness, even the darkness that has surrounded our own heart. And so God, this morning for those that lifted their hand and said, I've just, if I wade between the two barns, myself and God, I've stored up way more of self and I need help. God, I pray for those that have, that have confessed that this morning. You don't, God, you don't just bring us to this point of decision and then leave us there. God, you bring us and show us the pathway to life. God, life in you. And so I pray for every one of those that lifted their hand. God, I pray that you would enter into their, the, the very core of their soul. God, reorder convictions in their heart. God, we don't, we don't, serve, a, God, we don't serve a God who just is, um, God, we, 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 don't, we don't serve an inactive God. God we serve a, a living God who moves and acts and does. God, you're so much more visible and active than we could ever even dream or see right now. So God, reorder our convictions, reorder our lives. God, those that lifted their hand and said, I'm, I just, I feel hopeless right now. It could be a thousand different things. God, I pray you would put your finger right on that pain point and bring healing. God, bring sight to where there's blindness there. God, bring restoration to what's lost. God, a new beginning, new beginning, even in this season of our church of new beginnings. God, I pray you bring new beginnings with those that are in this room right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, um, the, uh, I asked a minute ago, how, how will, you know, how are you going to invest in love? Um, the other question is this, how is, how is our church going to invest in love? How do we, how do we do that as a church? And so we're, we're going to turn this hundred year old warehouse uh, into a church building. Um, we're going uh, we're gonna to turn it into a church building where it's a uh, much more of a table, a table of, of love and of joy, of welcoming, of unity, of generosity, a table of honor, a table where the least of these are our responsibility. That's, that's, what, that, that's what that table is going to look like. Now, the, the, the building isn't eternal. This building isn't eternal. We're about to spend money on, on comp-
completely renovating this place on a building that's going to go away one day. But guess what? Your house is going to go away one day. It's going to be gone. So our investment, our motive, our intention is to invest in something that's not eternal because who we love through this space is eternal. And what occurs and happens and the gifts that God does and the miracles that God does in this space will be eternal. So it's a tool. So we're going to invest in a tool that God can use here. So uh, this morning, Lindsay's going to talk uh, and, and walk through some uh, communication star, uh, communication card stuff with you. But there is a first step faith card in the seat in front of you. And so we've done this for, this is our third Sunday. We've actually already had uh, a, a lot of you um, uh, fill those out. And basically what we said was, we don't, we're not asking as pastors for you to give. What we're asking is for you to ask God what he, how he would have you give to this. And uh, so we talked to our family. Uh, we talked to our kids. We even asked our kids, we're like, what, what do you think God's telling you to do? And they're like, we had all kinds of crazy. We had, we had, it was such a good conversation. Actually, several of them, several conversations. We had, and then we, we decided we're, we're going to build businesses and uh, popsicle stands. We got all kinds of stuff planned out, all right? We're going to, this is for Jesus. And, um, and so what you want to do is you want to you ask yourself, you, uh, you want to ask God, say, God, is there, and so some of y'all have done that for the past two weeks, and so this morning is for you. Uh, at the end, after Lindsay is finished, when we're leaving, there's a, our uh, offering box that's in the back that you put connection card in, the, in offering tithes, and now our faith step card uh, for what we're committing to give through the end of this year. So there's eight more weeks through the end of the year. Don't mean to be a shocker. Bring your shocker to you right now. Uh, there's only like eight more weeks left. And... Um, but that's what we're committing to give through the end of the year. Uh, we're going to enter into this uh, project, and when we finish, it's going to be, uh, by God's grace, completely debt-free. Some of you, this may be the first time in that you've that you've been here. You're part of the church, but you've been here, uh, but you missed uh, for for whatever reasons. And th- so this would be my challenge to you. Would you just take that faith step uh, uh, card with you and just take it to prayer and say, God, I want to I want to be a part. Uh, what wh- how would you have me participate? And so that's what we're going to do as a church. Um, uh, with the, and those faith step, faith step cards are right in front of you in the seat. All right, babe. Yeah, those faith step cards will help us gauge kind of what we're looking at, um, how much more we'll have to uh, raise. So he's mentioned something about our kids. It, it kind of it clicked in my head while I'm sitting up here. The Bible talks a lot about faith like a child. And when we talk to our kids, Man, they were all on board. They immediately went out. They've got cleaner kids is what they've called themselves for years where they go earn money. Do what? It's a business that they pull out every once in a while when they need money. Uh, but they hit. <laughs> yeah, not at our house. We we just make them do chores. But when they go out in the neighborhood. Uh, anyway, they jumped straight out and started raking leaves at all these neighborhood houses immediately and came back with a bunch of cash. They're like. Oh, yeah, they were serious, and I laugh, and I'm like, uh, she heard me say that, um, one of the cleaner kids. Um, <laughs> no, but what I loved is I, I, I just look, and I'm like, man, I, I want that kind of faith. They walked straight out and just, man, they went at it because they believe in it. They're excited about it. Um, so that's, that's really cool. But, yeah, Joel mentioned drop those in the black box on the high top uh, table. I'm excited to share with our prayer team this morning. Um, 
Joel listed our vision, our, our hope for this church a couple of weeks ago. So uh, look look back at the um, either last week or the week prior. There's about five things. But one of them was a hospitality hub. Um, just that, that probably sounds kind of awkward. But I realized this. We have already gotten to do that a few times. I was thinking this morning, last night there was a, a church who needed a gathering space. They didn't have a gathering space. And they came and they asked to be um, to use ours. And so we were able to do that. We were able to, to give them our space last night to do their service. We did that a couple of weeks ago for another church who didn't have a place to hold a funeral for um, a family member. And so they were able to use this space to do that. So I would say both. I'm excited. We don't have to wait for, for the walls to come up to walk into that vision and that dream that we're, that we're doing. We're doing it now, and we'll do it with curtains, and one day we'll do it with walls. <laughs> um, but we're able to, to walk into that. Um, I'm excited to do that, and I believe that's just a taste of, of what we're going to be able to do in the future. Um, that, that was really cool. And I also wanted to, to link it to thank you for giving, because those of you who give to Four Corners Church— through your tithe and offering, you're able to keep the lights on during the week so that small groups can meet, so that other churches who don't have a space that are out of a, of a building uh, for the current moment, they can use our space. And so thank you. Uh, sometimes you may go, I don't, I don't even know what this is for. It's for um, small groups and it's for people to be invested in. It's for other churches who were in a space like we were in before where we're like, oh my goodness, <laughs> what are we going to do? So Thank you. Thank you for continually giving, and thank you for asking the Lord how you can be a part of this next faith step. If it's your first time here at Four Corners Church, I just wanted to say thank you and welcome. Uh, we've got connection cards Joel spoke about. They should be in every bulletin on the chairs. I'd love the opportunity to meet you if it's your first time and to write you a letter just thanking you for being a part of Four Corners Church. If you're online with us for the first time, you can click the Connect Card link in the feed, and we'll be happy to reach out to you uh, online as well. Anybody who has something we need to know about or you want to list a Ask God or Thank God prayer request or celebration, you can, you can write on these and drop them in the black box on the high-top table before you exit the sanctuary. Uh, we love you. We are praying for you. We are believing with you. Uh, the things that matter to you matter to us. So let us know how we can be in prayer uh, with you. Let me pray over our the, the tithes and the offerings, the faith step cards, and um, our outreaches that are coming up because we are, we're a family that is focused out there. We want to reach the lost. And I believe uh, committing this to the Lord, God's going to do, he's going to multiply and do a big work. So let's pray real quick. Father, thank you for our family here at Four Corners Church. Thank you so much, God, for your generosity. You have so faithfully provided everything we've been in need of. And God, this morning, uh, I, I just pray that you would use uh, the, the money that's, that's given to us, God, that we would be able to use it for your glory and your kingdom with your eyes, with your perspective. May we reach our city and reach our circle, the people right here in our own block, that we can reach out and love them and show them the hope of Jesus, show them the love that you have for them. And Father, I just pray continually uh, to bless these, these cheerful givers here in our church. Thank you for letting them be a part of what you're doing, whether they're aware of it or not. 
whether they know what's going on during the week or not, God, they're, they're believing that you're going to do a work. You're going to invest in your, your children, and they're going to see uh, your miraculous work in their family and in their jobs, in their workplace, in their neighborhoods. I just believe it. So, God, I pray these Faith Step cards uh, that are offered today. Father, I pray that more than funding, that you would do a work, a deep work in us as we, as we step out believing you're going to do something great deep in our faith. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, would you stand up with me? Before we go out, I want to pray a blessing over you. This is uh, oh, such, a, such a good morning. God's doing so much in our church. Hey, would you do this? Would you hold out your hands like this? Uh, now, may you this week and even beginning today and right now experience how great and wide and vast is the absolute incredible love of God. May he fill you in your innermost being and may out from your hands and your mouth, may you share the love of Jesus everywhere that you go. May you experience his peace. Walk in it every day this week in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, love you guys. We'll see you all this next week. Maybe you're not like me Maybe we don't 